After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Fula. time it is when you hear that sound it's time for frank's power play frank take it away my buddy all righty and we're gonna start off with some overreaction theater after one week of the season and there are plenty of overreactions going around the league i'm gonna tell you which ones might actually be worth watching and others where people just need to shut up and pump the brakes. Let's start off with this one. The San Jose Sharks just flat out stink! Get the beers. Because right now the Sharks are 1-4 on the season. And after they got a win against your Blackhawks last night. And they also have the worst goal differential in the league. Here's what I'm going to say to it. Pump the brakes, people. You do realize they were without Evander Kane for the first three games due to a suspension, and they just pulled Patrick Marlowe out of mothballs. So, side note, with Marlowe, yeah, he's back at San Jose. One year, $750,000 Excuse me, contract. To pretty much finish out his career, so good on him to get back into business and back with the team that he began his career with. So, the Sharks, I think, will get better. People just need to chill out on that one. Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum and say that the Edmonton Oilers, who are off to a 4-0 start, here's a couple of overreactions. First off, I'm going to start off with the Oilers are going to contend for a cup this year. Again, pump the brakes on that one. Yeah, that's a nice start. They got things rolling around for them, but they're also on a bit of an eastern swing right now. They got to go to the Mecca and play the New York Rangers on Saturday. Let's see how they do in that one before we go too far. All right, and another one to watch with the Oilers. Episode about one of their players, and the the most elite scorer for the Oilers is not Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl. It's the real deal James Neal who leads the NHL with seven goals scored. This might be a little something that bears a little bit more watching. I don't think he's going to end up at the top very long. In fact, is the only one of the usual suspects who's currently at the top in goals scored right now is Austin Matthews, who's in third place. Place with six goals on the season. We'll see what happens once we get into November. Here, if this one is uh, worth uh, taking a look back or not. Here's a couple others for you. Here, the Detroit Red Wings have finally gotten a change of morale now with Steve Eisenman as GM off to a 3 and one start. And now, look, I will fully admit that Yes, it's nice to see the Red Wings off to a nice start with 
Eisenman in charge. But here's where I'm going to ask everybody to power down for a minute. As we look at the standings, see where teams are that they have beaten. They did get a win over the Nashville Predators to open the season. Preds are going pretty decent. The Dallas Stars, they beat the game where Anthony Mantha scored four goals on his own. own. That was all the scoring the Red Wings needed in that game. They then lose to the Anaheim Ducks 3-1. And then last night they ended up beating the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal 4-2, which was their first win in regulation at the Bell Center since December of 2007. This one I think bears a little bit more watching. I think especially with the Maple Leafs coming in on Saturday night and also a three-game swing through Western Canada. We'll see what happens here. I know I said that this is a team that's going to be in contention for a lottery pick, but again, let's see what happens. I think some of the guys who got experience last year, they're showing that they're getting better. I mean, Anthony Mantha, as I mentioned, his four-goal night against the Stars, he is second in the NHL and goals scored with six. He's looking better. Philippe Peronic, a defenseman, he may have been uh, the rookie defenseman nobody really knew about with everyone looking at other guys. But he's actually developing into kind of that top pair defenseman. I think once you get somebody like uh, Moritz Sider into the lineup, he's currently down in Grand Rapids, then maybe you got an elite defensive pair for the future. But that's to look at down the road. Couple other overreactions. The St. Louis Blues do not have a Stanley Cup hangover. They're 3-0-1 on the year. Here, the only loss was to the Washington Capitals in overtime. He's been rolling along pretty well. But, you know, I think they'll start showing signs of it once they catch your second with six goals. And nobody else has more than five that time of taping. You've got guys like Zabanjad, Philip Forsberg, Mike Hoffman, Rupe Hintz, Victor Olsson with four, Lining and McDavid, six each. And a lot of guys with seven assists. Lining, McDavid, Shifley, Carlson, Duchesne gets 24th in the NHL. And their penalty kill percentage, they currently sit in 14th. So really nothing special on special teams. Games. Their shots per ge- generated per game. And I'm currently looking for that right now. There's 16. And their shots against per game. How many shots they're allowing? And 15. So kind of middle. Of, they're kind of middle of the road so far. And of course, face-off win percentage. When I checked this a couple nights ago, they were third from the bottom. They're currently 25th winning about 47.1% of face-offs on the season. So, yeah, there are areas that do need to improve, but what I'm mainly looking for, and I've said this, I think I said this a couple weeks ago when I did my season preview, and also on the Michigan Sports the Truth podcast with Taylor Phillips last night, I'm looking for individual development this season. I'm not expecting this team to get into the playoffs or do anything special. I'm looking for guys who are Expected to be key contributors from now in the future to get better and show that they can play at this level, and then we'll go from there. Plain and simple. Well, and meanwhile, we'll check on 
I won't go through the full standings rounds down, just to highlight a few of them. Carolina's leading the Metropolitan Division at 4-0. Buffalo leads the Atlantic Division. Wings are in second place. David Vanagon here versus Pittsburgh Penguins are sitting right at 500, 2-2 on the season. And right now, so we'll see where they go from there. And over in the Western Conference, the Blues lead the Central. Whole division. The Edmonton Oilers leading the Pacific. Anaheim Ducks in second. I don't think that's going to stand for very long. And Derek, your Blackhawks are actually one of three winless teams on the season. They are 0-2 on the year. Only ahead of the Minnesota Wild, who are 0-3, and the lowly Ottawa Senators, who are also 0-3. And I've got one more thing from the Athletic, who the first coaching casualty will be. It appears that that Jim Montgomery of the Dallas Stars, according to Bet Online, is the leading candidate for getting the axe early on in the season. And, but only time will tell what's going to happen. And on that one, and a few other names listed on here. here they included Todd McClellan, who just got hired in Los Angeles. I don't think he's going to get fired after a year. Beat DeBoer of the Sharks. Again, I said the Sharks are after a bad start that they staked. That's an overreaction. Give that one time. A few others. Minnesota's Bruce Boudreaux, I can buy. Rick Tockett in Arizona, eh, I'm not so sure. Travis Green in Vancouver, I think the Canucks are actually going to be somewhat better this year. John Hines, the Devils, if the Devils keep sticking up the joint, I think they might make a change. If the Jets fall off pretty quick, I think Paul Maurice could be a goner. Same with John Tortorella in the Blue Jackets. And also the name I'm really hearing could be the first one fired, Mike Babcock of the Toronto Maple Leafs after they took a 7-3 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning the other night. Uh, they will actually be coming to Detroit on Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada. It'll be interesting what happens there if they go and stink again. I would not be surprised to hear have, hear Kyle Dubas call Prescott for that. He tells them that we have parted ways with Babcock and we're promoting Sheldon Keith, who's their bench boss of the AHL to the NHL, but again, only time will tell there. That'll do it for my power play for the weekend of October 12, 2019. I mean, we're better than a weekend of the season, folks, and there's been a lot of surprises. Some we'll have to wait and see on it. Others, I think, we just got to pump the brakes on it. That was a short, quick, but to the point power play. Good job, Frank. Yeah, thank you very much. Man, so it's, it's been, it's, like I said, it's been pretty interesting. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. I I may try and tune into Red Wings Maple Leafs a little bit on Saturday night. I, I actually watched it. I actually watched uh, most of their game against the. Uh, excuse me, the uh, Anaheim Ducks, and I know they didn't do too well. It's basically like a 
stretch of five minutes in the third period where they got the Ducks put up three goals and they never really recovered from it. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, this I'm not going to get bent out of shape if they lose a game three to one. If they if there's multiple games where they're losing five nothing, six to one, and it looks like they're not putting up much of the fight then, yeah, I think Steve Eisenman probably makes a coaching change, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. See what happens come November again. I'm just primarily looking for individual development with the young guys. Well, at least you have patience with this Red Wings team. You know, before you said you were really down in them last season. Well, well, I think Steve's starting to kind of clean some guys. He's starting to clean some guys out, especially some – in the scouting department, he's gotten different guys in the strength and conditioning. I, I may or may not have mentioned this on this show, but uh, my good friend Justin Spiro actually said that they brought in Mike Barwis, who was at one time the for, the uh, strength and conditioning coach at the University of Michigan for their football team. They brought him in to oversee their strength and conditioning, and he basically made wholesale changes, especially the way they treat some injuries and other things, especially how they work out and made some pretty big changes to it. And who knows, maybe it'll pay off down the road, but you know, it's, it's the direction they had to go in. And so we'll see, we'll see where we're at come November and in December and where things are here. But, you know, it was nice to see them open up with the win and actually get a, Win against a Montreal team that always seemed to bend them over anytime they would play. And so a few years ago when it was uh, uh they lost eleven to one and then I think last year there was a game they lost like seven to one or eight to one. It was it was bad. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised and by that, the island are you surprised by the Islanders start? The Islanders, I believe uh one only one and two, uh well, they've only played three games. I'd say let's uh Yeah, it's still see how early. Yeah, it's still early for the season. Yeah. The teams won't I think I'm looking for mainly teams that have played played four played four or more games. Games at this point, so mm-hmm. but I think when, once October gets in, we're probably gonna at least get a little bit clearer of a picture and then probably by Thanksgiving you're really gonna have an idea who's all where they're in the standings and who you can start saying this team might be a contender or this team's going to be in contention for a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. All right. Any final thoughts, Frank? Uh, nope. I've uh, got to get ready to head to football. <laughs> who, who are you doing today or the other Nick? Who are you doing uh, today? Uh, Friday's game actually. Friday's game, I've got uh, Brooklyn Columbia Central with Dundee, and Saturday I got to go ref youth football in Blissfield, and then I've got a, another youth game, a couple youth games on Sunday. I got to be on the mic for. Mm-hmm. Always on the mic. And also make sure you check out FridayNightVictors.com. Uh, myself and uh, Gary Hoff, we collaborated on the the week seven playoff prospectus, we took a look at the teams that are still in contention for a playoff spot and mm-hmm. what they need to, what they need to do and who they have got remaining and who they could possibly be matched up against. That field's probably going to get thinned down a little bit after tonight. Cause we've got a lot of teams with four losses up there. 
hmm. there at the moment. So, right. We shall see. All right, Frank, man. Well, once again, thanks for calling in. And remember, you can always listen to Frank's Power Plays on our uh, SoundCloud or on iTunes. I'm sure, Frank, do you listen to us on iTunes? I know you got an iPhone. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Good. That's the way to go. Nice. So, Frank, once again, have a good weekend. Once again, thank you so much for the information on the Power Play. All right. Thank you very much, Derek. All right, Frank. Bye. Yeah, that was Frank Vashner there on the phone lines giving you the power play here on 88.3 WHUTs. After further review, like I mentioned before, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Coming up, more after further review here on 88.3 WHUT, or if you listen to the podcast, just another great segment. We'll be back after this.